Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pilgrim Devotion. My name is Pastor Michael Howard. I'm the senior pastor here at Seaford Baptist Church, and this podcast is for anyone inside or outside of Seaford Baptist Church that is living the pilgrim life and that is representing the kingdom of God in the kingdom of man. And we are here today with guests again, a a returning... Uh, I'm trying to think of the word. I was going to say a returning criminal. That's repeat not the offender. Yeah, there it was. That's what I was looking for. Yes, the repeat offender, uh, Ben Little, and then we have our children's director here at Seaford Baptist Church, Kimberly Milner. Say hello, Kimberly. Hi. She's determined not to talk during the podcast, but she's trying. We will make sure that that's not the case. She has lots to say, and it's all good. So. We are here today to talk about some changes that we're making uh, to our church's worship service. Really big changes, honestly, uh, that, that affect, I think, adults and how we worship on Sundays. Certainly affects our kids and how we worship on Sundays. So we want to explain these changes. We want to talk about why we're doing it and what are some of the potential challenges and how can we meet some of those challenges and, and overcome them and uh, ultimately have maybe a little bit of a larger conversation about just kids in church and and the local church and children's ministry and, and, and things of that nature, uh, particularly as it pertains to Sunday morning worship. That's what we're focused on here. So uh, again, I've asked uh, my brother and sister not to really uh, prepare too much. They have some questions. I asked them not to prepare too much because we want to just have a conversation that hopefully will be helpful to anyone who's coming along listening to this. Uh, I recognize that as we're making some of these changes, it could be alarming or jarring. Alarming is probably a strong word. Maybe jarring to some of our parents to go, oh, what is this? And this is different. And why now? And and, and what am I going to do? And what is this going to look like? I'm hoping this podcast can relieve some of those concerns. When we communicate this to the church, I plan to send this out in like a link that people could go to. So hopefully this will be a resource for that. But if you're outside of Seaford Baptist and you're listening and you have kids and you wonder, should I have them in the service with me? How much of the service should I have in there? Is there value to it? Um, my church is completely against children ever being in worship. Should I be concerned about that? Like, I'm not sure if we're going to answer all your questions, but we might touch on some of it in this larger conversation. So I think it'll be helpful. But before we do any of it, I want to talk about your first memories just of being in church. Who wants to start? Ms. Kim, start us off. Well... Well, I'm, I am actually starting off a little bit odd already because my first memory of being in church, um, when you sent out these questions, I thought of my first memory at Seaford Baptist Oh, church. that's what you meant. Okay, so when you said the VBS incident, well, now we have to tell everybody about the VBS incident. Yes. So why don't you just break the ice with that? So tell us about our... So this is before you were children's director. So well, my family moved here in 2006, Memorial Day weekend. And a month later, we were having Vacation Bible School at Seaford Baptist. This was the church that my family selected because it had Upward Basketball and at the time, Awana, which were both ministries I wanted my sons involved in. So this is where we came. VBS is going to be happening. I want the kids involved, but I'm a teacher by profession and I'm going to be where my kids are. We don't know anyone in this area. So I offered to volunteer. I was selected to be a group leader. And there was an incident at the end of the week for which an ambulance had to be called. <laughs> and I had 
a very uncomfortable conversation with the senior pastor at the time, um, very brief, saying I needed that ambulance, and all turned out well. But from that point Did on, it? Didn't it? So we're not going to use any names, but didn't a child lose a finger? No, not a finger. A fingertip, a little piece. (laughs) A piece of a finger. Oh, that's better. That's better. And was it was it reattached, or is there's somebody walking around in the world who's like, I lost a piece of a finger at a VBS at Seaford Baptist. (laughs) That's actually the situation. Unfortunately, (laughs) I I did, I did go back and get that piece. I did put it on ice and I did give it to the EMTs, but... Um, we ask a lot of you, when you come to Seaford Baptist for VBS, you donate cereal, you donate uh, hygiene products for Peninsula Rescue Mission and CareNet products, and you donate body parts. Not many people can say they have battle scars from VBS. Yes. And, it, it was actually a wonderful experience. There was a wonderful woman, June Blake. Yes. Was one of the first people I met as a result of that experience. It was... It was terrible but it led to <laughs> two good things so yeah june, june was a sweet sister in christ here at seaford and she moved away just with health issues her family to take care of her down in north carolina but she she and her husband bill were were top of the line um so uh ben how about you so that that was a great story so how about just in church in general i mean you you grew up in the ministry right sure my dad was a pastor so i was uh I was in church from the time I was in the nursery, um, but I think the earliest memory I have in church uh, was sh- surely Sunday school, but also um, sitting with my parents and pulling out the hymnal and trying to follow along and standing with them and singing Holy, Holy, Holy and uh, How Great Thou Art and such. So I, I, that's probably the earliest that I can go back before things get fuzzy. So you were you were tried and true from the beginning, a, a, a hymnal man a from the start. A hymnal man from the start. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Kim, do you remember just your earliest memories of just being in church? Um, that did not happen until high school. I did not actually grow up in the church. It's the same with me. So I, I was invited by a high school friend to a church revival. And at the end of that week, I gave my life to Christ. That is awesome. Yeah, I was... So before I became a Christian, I'd say about... Uh, my, my father became a Christian in October of 1998, and I started going to church with him some then. So I started going to church about nine months before I became a Christian, somewhere around there. And the first church we went to was not the church we ended up at, which was Red Lane Baptist. We didn't end up there. Uh, we didn't start there. It was a... A much more kind of liturgical church, liturgical Baptist church, but it, the the preaching certainly wasn't uh, wasn't solid, um, mm. it, and a little bit more of a progressive church. I'll just leave it at that. Sure. Uh, but I remember hating it. I will be honest. That was my earliest memories of being in church. I was like 13 years old, I guess at the time, 14 years old, somewhere around there, and I just thought, man, this is boring. This is boring. Mm-hmm. And I thought the singing in particular was brutal. Now, what I did remember liking was the wooden floors. They were like creaky and the benches and the pews and stuff. I liked the scene. The aesthetics. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I was into the scene from the start, uh, but I was not so into the content. Mm-hmm. And then when we went to Red Lane, they were gearing things. They had a youth program and things like that. And I was like, oh, there's, like, this scene geared toward me, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I enjoyed that. 
But um, but yeah, that's actually a really nice kind of segue in mm-hmm. yeah. because I think that sometimes finding success in that area as a church, going wow, when we direct ministry at a segment of the population, you know, um, and we and we get some traction there, mm-hmm. well then. Let's create programs for every single segment of the population that we have in the church. And and that's it's not necessarily wrong to have a nice bushel of effective, you know, programs for both adult and children and, and student ministries. We have that here at Seaford. Uh, we are in the uh, close to joining the pillar network of churches, and many of those churches have similar programs. Nothing wrong with those programs. Um the need, though, to go, well, it worked over here, so we're going to have it across the board. I don't think that's always necessarily uh, true. Um, and you can end up segmenting the church off so much that people don't really see each other and know each other and interact with each other. Um, and, I don't, and, and, and we try to stay away from that uh, here at Seaford. We try to have big community meals and, and do big outreach things together. I love VBS because, you know, it's almost max participation. It is. Yeah, to where, I mean, this year we had multiple people, this is off subject, but we had multiple people, we had special needs children here, which we loved, mm-hmm. and yeah. we want, we're open to more of that, and we were able to do one-on-ones with those kids because we had so many volunteers. We had 107 volunteers for 139 students. Yeah, that's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And, and with our VBS, we do allow some, we have some volunteers from outside the church that we know and love that serve with us throughout the year here and there. Um, and so, but it's mostly Seaford people. I mean, it's 90 to 95% it Seaford people. And, and we love that max participation. It gets everybody together. Um, so there's nothing wrong. That That's where, that's a situation where we're directing ministry, uh, directing ministry at a certain segment of the population, but we're doing it together as a church, two, two birds and one stone. So nothing wrong with those things. If, though, you you get to the point where you're like, this must be the way it is. Mm. Everyone must be segmented off. I think one... For everything. For everything. I think that's the big key point, is for everything. Right. Um, that is very important, um, what we're saying here. If that becomes our mindset, I, I think that is when sometimes children become... It's like, well, when we learn, or when we sing, or when we do anything that's adult spiritual things kids need to go away and do it in their own way and then we our children sometimes maybe miss seeing us model those things and so um that led all of us we're going to talk more about what the why of why we're doing this but that has led us to a place where i would say over the last couple of years um pastor ben and, and myself have had conversations along with pastor david about you know, children in worship, trying to get children just around worship more. We have them in with us during the Lord's Supper. Um, that's one thing that we, we do have. once a month. Right. And we've been committed to that. Yep. Why have we been committed to that? Let's let's start there. Why are we committed to having kids in the worship service? On Lord's Supper Sunday. Because that's that's a great place for us to start because I think that the convi- the change we're talking about today grows from that conviction. Sure. Well it's the same conviction that me and Miss Kim talk about here regularly too is is, is the Lord's Supper and that baptism time. Whenever the baptismal waters are being utilized, we have the kids are in there at the at least for the beginning of that service because mm-hmm. we want the kids to see what obedience to Christ within the context of a church looks like. 
and that looks like baptism. It looks like participating in the Lord's Supper upon when you're when you're saved, but right, uh, when you're actually part of that church. But seeing that it stokes questions in their minds, like, well, what does baptism mean? And then Miss Kim, parents, uh, teachers can answer those questions. Well, what does the Lord's Supper mean? Pastor Michael says. Uh, he's reading from the Bible and says, this is my body. What does that mean? This is my blood. What does that mean? And why are we doing this in remembrance of what Christ has done? Well, what has Christ done? It's another point back to the gospel. We talk about here all the time, gospel touch points. Well, that's a gospel touch point within our midst on a right. regular basis. Sure. Um, Kim, do you have anything you wanted to add? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it makes it real. I think it's important for the kids to be in there and see it. We teach them what it means. Mm -hmm. We talk about what it means, but talking about it in the abstract is very different than witnessing it. And then when children do become believers, they were being advised to go into those services even before we canceled um, kids' praise on those days because they needed to be able to partake. So it's just demonstrating for everyone children of all ages now we do just keep this for our kindergarten and older children our youngest children do still witness communion though because our deacons are very kind they bring it back to the volunteers who are serving for the children and we actually stop in in what's our we praise room our preschool room and we actually read from the bible and we actually pray and they they watch it's it's simplified but because we need to take it seriously when we're taking communion in that classroom, mm-hmm. we demonstrate it for those children too. That's They're awesome. just not in, awesome. the, in the worship center doing it. Yeah. That's a wonderful thing that we never get to see. Pastor yeah. Ben and I never get to see. So that was wonderful to hear about. Um, I uh, So let's go ahead and talk about then. So from there... The, the pastors really had been discussing with that same motivation of, of modeling for the children worship, mm-hmm. modeling for the children uh, what this, you know, not just worship, but the worship from the scriptures to see Lord's Day worship and to see what it looks like for the word to be uh, to be prayed and for the word to be read and for us to sing from the word and for, for us to hear the word. Um, and so, we were talking about how to, to do more of that. Now, we're not ready. To, we're, we're not going full like we're doing away with uh, with with all versions of kids praise and or children's church, what you would want to call it. And the kids are going to be with us all the time. We're going to have an integrated family church model. Nope, that's not what we're doing. And that is not the aim of this. Uh, this isn't like a, uh, for me, it's not like we're. We're working towards uh, eliminating kids' praise, and this is just like a one. We're keeping one hand behind the back and playing a trick on you here. This is a reform, not a complete revision. Right. Absolutely. What What we're hoping to see is, um, we. I think kids' praise has served. I've watched it serve my my children here in a wonderful way. For so, if you're listening to this and you're outside the church, kids' praise is when our kids on Sunday mornings. They're not with us uh, on those non-Lord Supper days. They are uh, in a age-appropriate right an age instruction ap- class. Yeah, an age-appropriate. It's it's a class where they're doing church things 
you know, more at their age level. And my, my son Beckett has become a believer in the Lord here in this church and came up through that. And we've had kids come up through that and seen them become believers and really effective ministry has been done there. Um, the people that started that here before in any of us were even here, uh, I value that, that work that they did to put that um, in place. But we feel like at this point in the life of our church, we want the kids to see, to still have that experience of being able to go and, and learn during the worship uh, time on the Lord's Day in a way that they can understand, but also get to see more mm-hmm. of the adults in worship, their moms, their dads, their grandfathers, their grandmothers, their spiritual grandfathers and grandmothers, mm-hmm. you know. Because um, there's people in this church that my kids are very close to that are, you know, boomers and golden generation, and they look at them as their Absolutely. great and grandfathers and, and grandfathers, and um, and the same with the women. So, I, I think that getting them around them, we want both. Mm-hmm. That's what we're aiming for here. That um, balance is important. Yeah. And we are really fortunate that we do have all generations in this church. That's important for our children to see on a regular basis and actively mm-hmm. participate with. Absolutely. And so the plan then, uh, Ben, you were going to say something? Okay. I was going to say, so the plan, what we'll do is on Sunday mornings, um, the children will be with us every Sunday. Now, if you're hearing this for the first time, which uh, you might, you might be. be, yeah, <laughs> uh, don't lose your head. Uh, if you're driving your car, stay in between the lines, please. Uh, again, this isn't a magic trick. This isn't a... Uh, a gotcha, or, or a, hey, we're going to do this, and then later on we're going to unfurl the second half of this plan. Uh, this is the plan. Like, this is an exciting improvement. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I just want people to hear our, our heart behind it and to hear that um, that uh, I think sometimes people go, okay, so you're, you're taking this step, so what's next after this? I, this is the step that we're taking. Mm-hmm. Like We just want to have the kids with us more in worship, and the plan is to do that now. While they will be with us every Sunday, uh, and we're talking about kindergarten and up right now, uh, the pre-K will continue to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but while kindergarten and up will be with us every Sunday, kindergarten through fourth grade will have the opportunity, they don't have to leave, but will have the opportunity to exit the worship service when we are finished with the singing, effective, the singing, the praying, the effectively... Leading if, up to the sermon. Yes, uh, when we get done with the redemption portion of our liturgy, if you look through our liturgy, we confess our sin and then we rejoice in the redemption we have in Christ. And then we go into the proclamation portion with the word. Um, Before the proclamation, the children will exit the worship service and they will go to uh, Kids Praise, which will, Kim, what will that consist of? So Kids Praise is, is currently worship, it's prayer, It is a Bible lesson. There is a game. All of that will continue. It will just be time adjusted. And the game may or may not happen in the same way. Currently, because of our building setup, the classrooms are in one section of the church. And for games, we often move the children to a different section where there is a larger area. Sure. We would not be making that movement. Games Mm -hmm. would have to be tweaked so that they could be done within the confines of that classroom space. So it will not change what we do. It will change the timing of what we do. And the the content will be the focus. 
Gotcha. And what they're learning is in accordance with what they've learned in Sunday school? Correct. Okay, great. During that hour. So, yeah. So, um, except on Lord's Supper Sundays, correct. We will still have uh, kindergarten up with us throughout the entirety of the service. The reason fifth grade is being, uh, I'm say left out, they're being left in. Uh, the worship service, and we're not having an option for them to leave as we really are viewing fifth grade as a bridge year. Mm -hmm. I know that my son, Beckett, uh, really struggled that year, and it wasn't kids' praise's fault. It was his fault. It's just that weird year where you're like one foot's in middle school and you're eyeing the student ministry and what's going on over there, but you're also, you know, you're still kind of interested in what's happening over here with the children's ministry, too. Um, We want to use that year to say... This is the learning year mm-hmm. to, to go ahead full on and, and be in the worship service the whole time. And that's about 10 years old. Once you hit those double digits, we want you to learn how to sit through the sermon and take notes and be a part of it. So uh, we're going to start this in September of this year, September 2023. There will be a soft launch on August 27th, uh, just because we want to make sure we have all the logistics right. Uh, there will be a new sign-in process, and I'm going to hold off on that until the end. Uh, and maybe that's something that's not even necessary for this podcast. So um, let's get into a little bit more of the why we're doing this. Why is it important for us to have children with us in worship um, on Sundays? What are they going to see? How is it going to affect them? 20 minutes after the service ends, how's it going to affect them 20 years after the service ends? Uh, who wants to dive in first? Ben, I feel like you have, you've been quiet. Let's okay. I can talk a bit. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I really see five major reasons. Oh, he's ready. Why, to have our, <laughs> why we have our kids making this change. Um, we've talked a little bit already about how it connects them to the local church. They get to see uh, their... The, our brothers and sisters around us worshiping. Yeah. And that's so important. It's more important than often we give it credit for simply because observing that is formative. It is uh, forming how they think about the church, how they think about worshiping God, how they th- uh, think about their participation and uh, their understanding of what we're doing yeah. on a Sunday morning. Why are we singing? Why are we reading these Bible verses? Why are we... Uh, on the Lord's Supper Sundays, why are we hearing Pastor Michael teach out of the Word in this way? And um, it just shows how much, it, it, it not only shows our kids the importance, but it shows our adults the importance of why we are all together, uh, why we need each other as generations within the body of Christ. Um, maybe the uh, vigor from the young is met with the wisdom from the old, and that can rub together and rub off on each other. Um, The experience from the older generations is met with the enthusiasm of younger generations. And I'm not saying old people can't be enthusiastic. I know plenty of (laughs) our senior saints who are plenty enthusiastic. But we get to really just experience this together and get to see how the body of Christ works, those different parts coming together to form the body of Christ. Um, So that's the first. It connects our kids to the local church. It connects them to the historic church as well. It connects them to biblical tradition and historical theology, rooting them in that. 
Um, they're exposed to teachings, practices, and doctrines that have shaped the church throughout uh, millennia. I mean, even just point. recently, like on July 2nd, which was a Communion Sunday, mm-hmm. we got that was a day where we're going to do that again uh, in August. Sure. We're going back-to-back, baptism, communion together. Mm-hmm. Uh, praise the Lord. Couple but kids. That's right. Yep. Uh, it's going to be awesome. But... Uh, this is being recorded. If you're listening to this later, this, this is like July of 2023, okay? Somebody's going to be listening to this in the year 2112. <laughs> <laughs> How do we do children's ministry? <laughs> um, so, uh, I don't know if you found the right podcast. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I, I'm off track now of the time travel. But yes, William Tyndale, Jul- July 2nd. Yeah, the kids are in there. And so they heard about William Tyndale. How oh, he served the Lord. I don't know if they took it all in, but they at least know, I hope, that William Tyndale produced a Bible. They all probably paid attention to his how he died more than anything else because it's, you know, it's graphic, exactly. (laughs) But that is an example of what you're talking about. You sing a hymn. Sure. You sing a hymn, you you are giving them a historical anchor. Absolutely. So. And we're putting that rich heritage of history before them and saying it's not just about new and shiny. There are things that are biblically rooted that we do that are important. So it connects them to the historic church. It teaches them how we worship. It um, grows them in a love for God's word and biblical community. So that can hopefully be an anchor for them when they are, uh, I know we have our stages in life where we are high school and then going off to college. And a lot of times college is kind of a floundering time. And if uh, as many as we can anchor in scripture and the, the biblical way we do things, how we read the word, pray the word, sing the word, and live the word through uh, the baptism, the Lord's Supper, um, those are very important ways that we are shaped and yeah. reformed. Um, it equips and enables parents. When um, children are inc- included in our worship, it's an opportunity for the church in general at large. Now, our, our church is involved in every stage in the children's ministry. We talked about VBS, but this gives us a weekly opportunity for the church at large to be involved in discipling these children, yeah, raising these children and coming alongside their parents and bringing them up in the discipline and instruction of the Word. And then it also allows the church... Uh, lastly, to participate in what Jesus taught. In Matthew nineteen fourteen. our Savior said, Let the children come to me, with, do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of heaven. So by including them in our midst, we're communicating to them that they are welcome and that we desire to see them grow in their faith. Yeah, I heard one time a pastor talk about, uh, I think I shared this in a sermon, we were going through Colossians on Wednesday night a few years ago, so if this is a repeat for you, I apologize, but a pastor was talking about a friend of his who said, if you come to my house, my children are going to be right in your face. You're going to have to like look down their throats while you while they eat. They're going to be that close to you. He's like, they don't disappear when, when we have guests. Like They're going to be right there. They're going to be loud. They're going to be obnoxious. I will try my best to discipline them. You're going to have to deal with them because we don't hide them away. And I thought that's really that's really awesome, <laughs> you know, because um, he didn't want his kids to grow up thinking every time ministry happens in this house, you go to that room, mm-hmm. like you go away from here. You're not allowed to be involved in this, which uh, it's a tough challenge for a pastor, honestly, 
Um, you just say, all right, let's just have them all in the midst. But uh, in the church, it's the same way. You know, um, our church is good about this. I do want to praise our church in the sense that like on Wednesday nights here, we have what's really like a cookout feel where there's we're eating and kids are playing. And it gets loud sometimes and screaming. A shoe may fly through the air. We all kind of take turns walking over as staff members and saying, all right, that's, you know, I think we've hit the limit for tonight. Let's bring it down a little bit. Or sometimes a parent will get up and just say, I'm going to parent the whole crew tonight. And they'll take care of it. But it's it's the sound of life. Mm -hmm. There are churches around us right now who they would... If, if we said we'll give you three hours and tell you everything we do, we do with kids and, and we'll give you five volunteers to try to resurrect your children's ministry, they would be like, please, please, we have no kids. They would be mm-hmm. desperate to have what we have on a Wednesday night here. Mm-hmm. It and, helps teach them the boundaries too, though. We, we want them to be an active part, but you also have to learn the boundaries and the limits by doing it. If you mm-hmm. have to sit quietly all the time, you're not going to learn how to be a little bit loud. That's right. So... It, it is teaching them and helping teach parents. It's all teaching. Well. Yeah. It, another teaching that it does for kids and up again is uh, when I was first c- coming here, you said it several times and who knows how many times throughout your time here, Pastor Michael, that worship in church isn't about us. Right. And it shows our kids that it, it's not about them and it's not about everything that necessarily makes them feel comfortable but that goes to everybody else too because sometimes a a kid might have an off day we all do and uh, just showing our body once again that we are in this together and it's not about us it's about us in general us as a community us as the body of christ and not us individual well and i think that here's the thing too is our children are being bombarded. We know this with messages that are, are not good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's disheartening when you pull up the streaming app just to watch some something normal, even maybe just to pull up a cartoon from the 80s that from your past that you want to show them. And you're having to wade through a, a plethora of, you know, rainbow-branded, um, you know, uh, media content cartoons and and different things it's all and it's all there to i'm sorry it's there to indoctrinate the children right Mm -hmm. um what are we trying to do i mean everybody is out for their minds here we're open about that yes we're we're out for their minds for the sake of the lord yes right we want the the word of the lord to capture the minds and the hearts of our kids so absolutely if that's what if that's what you're going to call indoctrination sure and that is absolutely what the world is trying to do so the question I get a lot of times as pastors, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. What, are we, what are we doing for this generation? What does America look like for our children? This is what we're doing. Yeah. This is the best. What, what else do we have? What, what's our big answer outside of what the Lord has shown us and to, and to say, this is who you, you go be this as the church in the world. And if we can't get that right, you know, not, mm-hmm. we're not going to go anywhere from there. So our kids... The best thing that we can do for them to start, the most foundational thing we can do, is to teach them who Christ is and how to worship Him and, and find joy in Him and identity in Him and to love Him and to know that He tells the truth and the world does not. Um, I'm preaching tonight on Babylon the whore, all right? I hate to use that language in the children's podcast, um, 
but that's the if you have your KJV out, it's the yeah. language of the scriptures, and that is the wor- the world that is speaking to our children. That's how the Bible talks about the world. And so, you have the great mother of prostitutes speaking to them, and we're saying we need to teach them about the 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 other woman, the bride of Christ, mm-hmm. and how to be a part of it, and how to exist in her, and and how to represent her in the world, and that starts with what we do in the Lord's Day together before we go out. So, what are the challenges? <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy having your kids in worship. Um, there some, will be distractions. There will be noise. There will be papers. There will be things falling on the floor. Mm-hmm. They, it's hard for them at first to pay attention, and sometimes that is a distraction for other people. And so you're just talking about the fifth graders right now because they're the only ones who will be in there all the time for the sermon. I, and, and everything but, you but just I, said is true of the fifth graders. But I think that's <laughs> true for even that first part. I think it, it will is, be yes. an adjustment, but it's still worthy of doing. It's still important to do. What's and hard during singing for kids? Adult singing for kids? They don't want to sing or they don't like to sing or they don't know the words or they can't you know, there are And it feels silly? Sometimes. Now, sitting with families will actually help with that as opposed to sitting beside your your sure. peer. You know, Pastor Ben comes in and teaches choir quite often, and, <laughs> and it does get silly. I mean, that's part of singing. Sure. You're trying to make everything fun, and sometimes that's a silly comment or something, but you pull them right back because you're trying to teach for worship. It's mm-hmm. for... For a bigger purpose. But do you think so, they feel silly? Like, I, I grew up feeling like singing was not a very masculine thing to do. And so I felt very ashamed as like a, I, a young man to sing in front of I people. Think some of them that do. has been something that our culture has been pushing for a long time. And it has affected the church greatly. But to young men out there and parents of young men out there, think of the mighty warrior King David, who is slaying giants, cutting their heads off running around a man of blood and war and in his spare time what is he doing he is writing songs and playing the the lyre blood and war at I mean, the lord's command at the let's... lord's command yes absolutely <laughs> it's the holy war but let's let's be let's be real this man who is a man's man yes respected by the hardiest of men absolutely who followed him as he's being chased by Saul through the wilderness Men rallied to him because he is a man. Yeah. He is sitting there and he is writing songs for the Lord. Emotional songs. Emotional songs that he is singing. He is teaching God's people to sing. And they are using down the line as his son's building the temple. Yeah. And they are using these in their worship. Yeah. I think it... I think teaching our kids to sing robustly, the, the boys, I think it does wonders for. The girls... I now having a girl myself have realized they latch. You have two boys, Kim, so you experience probably. Did you see the bashfulness about singing in the boys? Uh, I heard about how they weren't good at it or didn't like it, but one of my early memories here was Miss Shirley Ross and Mr. Jesse Ross, who sat behind us and we worshiped as a family, commenting about how nice it was to hear both of my sons. Sing. Oh, that's during wonderful. The church service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another reason to have have everybody together. But um, yeah, so 
I, I think girls tend to want to sing a lot more loudly and a lot more quickly. Um, at least that's been my experience thus far. I think it can vary. Okay. Sure. I yeah, agree. that's probably true. So, regardless, if your kids are having a hard time singing, um, I would encourage them to stand, uh, participate in it like everyone else. Even if they're being a stick in the mud about the singing, I would say, well, you're at least going to stand with us. Listening is still important. Mm -hmm. Understanding the words. Absolutely. Hearing it, even if they're not going to sing themselves. And parents, just so you know, we have a podcast, on, uh, not a podcast, a playlist on Spotify that between me and my wife, we keep up of what songs are upcoming on Sunday mornings that we play around our house. Several of our uh, families in the church have access to this as well. We are happy to share that out. We'll and put that, that in the will, show notes here. We'll yeah, get that in the show notes. And that will also help. Preparation is such a help in getting ready for the Lord's Day. Letting children know expectations, letting them know what is coming really helps. And listening to those songs ahead of time, getting them embedded in their heads will only help them participate all the more. Do you, yeah. Um, what about just the, the, the fidgety, I can't stand still, I can't, you know, uh, the kids are on the floor, they're rolling around on the ground. I'm sure there's some parents like, this is going to be a disaster. Um, to some degree, that, that will be hidden because we stand when we sing, so it will not be quite as obvious as if, that type of activity was happening during the sermon presentation, mm -hmm. but that's not that's not what we're talking about. But I do think it might not be as big of an issue as it. And sure. parents be encouraged too, um, because I know as a dad, if my girls are acting up or doing something, I think that I have a spotlight on. I was me. just about to say, and this. it is it's it's not reality. I I have. Uh, friends who come up and say something about maybe their kid in the service from the past week and hope no one saw this or heard that. And I was like, I had no idea you were going through that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, right. I didn't, or I will even say something to someone sitting around me. I, I'm, I know that my daughter was a little more vocal today during a certain time. Thank right. you for, thank you for including her in the worship service and making her feel welcome. They're like, I didn't even notice. We, it's so easy to fixate and feel like that spotlight's on you, and it's not. Absolutely, I, I think that's definitely the case, and um, I, I would say to the dads out there and moms, I, I just don't know what it's like to be a mom. So, <laughs> and sometimes, uh, sometimes I think that dads struggle with patience a little more than moms, and so that's why I was going to speak to the dads, but. You know, there's that temptation to go full mad dad, where you're just like, Did you stop this right And if you do that, your worship's going to be shot. Satan would love that. I don't think that's going to be good for you. I don't think it's going to be good for your kid. Now, you might need to do that after church. I don't know. Like, uh, I'm not going to get involved. This isn't the parenting podcast. But I think that the, the best you can, you want to be the way that I've seen, you know, Throughout my years, just even as a student, when you see the, the kid that's struggling in the classroom and the teacher says, can you help me with the chalk? 
can you come up here and help me clean off these mm-hmm. erasers? And you see that kid's demeanor change. Like, oh, I'm a part of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I have, I have something to own here. Mm-hmm. If they're fidgety and they're struggling on that, it could be that just they need something to own. Like, and, and to say, to maybe just before you go full mad dad, take a knee, literal knee, down to their level, and say, um, this, is, this next verse is one of my favorites. Yes. Like, um, I'm going to sing this loud. You should, you should sing it with me. And if you can hold them, pick them up. Mm-hmm. Pick them up and, and hold them close and sing with your face right by their face, nice and loud. And if they're staring at you, just let them stare at you through the whole thing. But I, I would just say, try to, try to make them a part of it before you go full mad dad. Because um, you'll regret it. You will. Um, there's really never a time I've gone mad dad and, and not regretted it. Sure. So. And if there's a time that you need to take them out, no one's going to be staring you down again. The spotlight's not there. Yeah, just take them out. If there's a big, if there is a bigger issue that needs to be dealt with, take them out and patiently reprove it. Well, setting the expectation really is very important. Mm -hmm. Kids will, kids will rise to meet your expectations. This is, this is a positive thing. And so if it is presented as a negative mm-hmm. or as a punishment, which it is absolutely not, that's when we're going to have more opportunity mm. for these adverse responses. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think we want to focus. It feels a little bit like we've been focusing on the bad. This is good. Sure. I think that kids should be excited. Are going to be excited to be able to participate mm-hmm. in this way and still have their individualized age-appropriate worship. This, this is about balance. This is about getting both. It's not one or the other. And so focusing on what is good for it and, and showing that we're coming alongside to help, help parents teach how to worship properly. And, and, you know, parents are the ones that are ultimately responsible for teaching their children that they're the primary people discipling their children well they can't do that if the the time of the week that you you spend focused on it is or one of those times is spent away from your your parents you need to be together so if yeah i think seeing your parents in worship is going to be incredibly uh helpful i think that kids get excited about about being a part of adult things it a lot. It makes them feel mature. I think it will. I think it will be more different for adults seeing it happen. Than well, for see, that's children. that's that's the thing. Is if this was a podcast for kids, then everything I'd be saying is this is going to be great. You're going to love it. Right. But I know that anxieties swell up in parents when you're like, man. And a lot of times, I get the idea that it's like that's my time to get away with the Lord. That's my time to not have to be a mom or a dad and just be a worshiper apart from that. And what I would say is I, I do get that. Um, but we want to, we want to, we want to give you the opportunity to be both on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. But I think that there, while there is value in the idea of a retreat, right. Um, and we do provide those opportunities to retreat. Like, even in this worship, every worship service other than the Lord's Supper Day, there will be that opportunity during the sermon and for the rest of the service. But there is also, I think there's more value for your child to see you, mom or dad, be a worshiper. Yes. You know, to actually get to see it and to not have this idea that 
there's a sacred side of mom and dad and there's a secular side of mom and dad. But to just see the sacred mom and dad, just to be like, they're just, they're people that just, they're reverent people. Mm -hmm. And we see it on a Sunday. And And it's something that I can do with them. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and that they, you know, that they can pursue. I think about, we joke all the time about Joel Beakey, one of our favorite theologians at eight years old, reading the Puritans. Maybe that'll be a byproduct of this in your child's (laughs) life. I don't know. But that came from the fact that his dad owned the books or was his granddad i can't remember it was one of the two but you know there was a legacy there and he Mm -hmm. saw that and he said he was looking for truth even at eight and he said well that's where these men found it and so we're this is about laying that legacy and um i am excited about it and one last thing before we go is i feel like this including the children in the liturgy which mm. we won't do necessarily every week because there may be some weeks where something happens and we it can get ho-hum where it's like, oh, yeah, it's the thing we do with the kids and you kind of look past it. But there will be many Sundays in which the ki- bef- as the kids are leaving, they will either, I don't know if we'll bring them in front of the church or we'll just, as they're leaving, we'll pray for them. We'll talk out the logistics. But Many Sundays, as the transition is being made and they're leaving to head off to kids' praise, we are going to pray for them, for their salvation, for their holiness, for their love for Jesus, um, for all of those things. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's going to connect all the generations of our church even more. I agree. And they will feel known and loved more than than they hopefully already do. Absolutely. the 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 last thing last last thing I'll say when I was in intervarsity in college which I loved intervarsity it did a lot of good for me but I knew people there who came who came to Christ in youth groups that were segmented off from church mm-hmm. and then they came to college and they didn't go find a local church they found intervarsity and they went to intervarsity you know twice a week they went to small group they went to large group they were faithful to it. Um, but they didn't really go to church much. Or if they did go to church, they attended with their intervarsity friends at a worship service, but they didn't really participate in the life of that church. And then when college ended, their faith just kind of fell apart because mm. they never learned to be a part of the local church. They, they had none of these things, that these anchors that Ben was talking about. Uh, they didn't have them. And I saw that happen in people, and it really didn't sour me on parachurch ministries, but it made me just see the importance of the local church. And I think that this move is another just taking a little ground back for the local church and saying, let's let's show our kids the beauty of the of the glory of Jesus's church. Uh, he has made her glorious and let's let's show that to them on the the little holiday we get every week, the Lord's mm-hmm. Day. Mm-hmm. So and that's a great way to pitch it to your kids. You're going to be in here with us because this is a celebration, just like the Christmas Eve services. Mm-hmm. This is Christmas every Sunday. Because really, the Lord's Day, it's our holiday every single week. Sure. And start this conversation Saturday night. I'm excited to go to church with you tomorrow. Yeah. I'm excited that you get to sing with us tomorrow. I'm excited that we get to see, we, we get to read the scriptures together and pray together, and you get to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Set the expectation and do the preparation. Yep. 
So, uh, September 2023, we will start having the kids with us during uh, a portion of every worship service. They will be with us during the entire worship service, K through uh, 4. We'll stay with us the entire worship service on Communion Sundays. On the days where they leave to go to Kids Praise, you don't have to send them. That is your choice as a family, uh, but there will be the opportunity to do that before the sermon. There will be a sign-in process. We'll go over that with the church. We're not going to do that here on the podcast, um, but just wanted to review that. The soft launch will be August 27th, 2023. If you have questions, send them to us at connect at seafordbaptist.com, and we will answer those questions, uh, or just ask us around the church hallways. If you're listening to this and you'd be interested in know more about why we made this decision as a church, like if you're outside of our church and you're interested in know for your church, yeah, please get in touch with us. Um, I'm going to ask you our pastoral questions before we go. How is your soul doing as, uh, for everyone who's listening? Uh, how are you doing? Not the you that everybody else sees, but the you that you and God see. How are you doing? Really? Are you walking with the Lord? Uh, is His grace at work in your life? Are there any ways that you really wish that His grace was at work in your life? And uh, you just are struggling and you're spinning your wheels. If you go to answer these questions... And you feel like, man, I need to talk to a pastor. Again, connect at seafordbaptist.com. You can reach out to us. So thank you, Ben and Kim, for your time, for being on the podcast. Absolutely. And we will see everyone back. Uh, well, we won't see you because it's a podcast, but we will, uh, yeah, you'll be back. We'll all be back. Keep living the pilgrim life until then.